Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, we're going to talk with Jody and David here in just a second. But before we do, here's what's happening on today's episode of the Shadow Docket bonus show on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. We jumped headfirst into the topic of ADHD and specifically whether I have it. Our conclusions are totally unsurprising. We also talked about an interesting use of AI for gun control activism and whether it's potentially effective or whether it's just super creepy. So join us at patreon.com slash Bob Show. Sign up for the $5 a month Shatter Docket level and you're all set. Join our amazing community of listeners at the hub of this podcast. Again, patreon.com slash Bob Show. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Bob. 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 La Luga Luga. Luga Luga Luga. Why don't I just call you Bob? The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, February 22, 2024. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1,129 of the Biden-Harris administration, 257 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on threads and Instagram at TheBobSeska. I'm on Blueski, Blue Sky, Bob Seska, just Bob Seska, that's my handle there. Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com. And those two weirdos right there, it's the goth ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that slipped out. We're all weirdos. Yeah, hi. It is Jody Hamilton. She's the showrunner, executive producer of The Stephanie Miller Show. Uh, StephanieMiller.com, also Patreon.com slash StephanieMillerShow, SexyLiberal.com. I understand there's uh, big doings happening with the Sexy Liberal Tour. I have no idea. I'm not privy to I can't talk about anything. Jody's uh, signed an NDA. That's sued. Also, uh, David Ferguson, we sometimes call him T-Rex. Yeah, pra- practically. Yeah, his music project is uh, Astral Summer, patreon.com slash Astral Summer. Okay, Goth Ninjas, you welcome to, to the show. You need to have me on mm-hmm. the Stephanie Miller show. Like, uh, Soon. You inviting please, yourself to the show? Please. Is <laughs> you know, I feed on attention. Like, you know, flowers feed on rain, so I need it. <laughs> Um, oh, and by speaking of that, we're gonna <laughs> on the shadow docket. We're gonna talk about ADHD. Then we're gonna talk about politics. If on we the remember to get too. to it and don't get distracted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, if we don't get. 
you know who 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 has it and admits to it all the time is Tom Hartman. So you're in good oh, yeah. company. Yeah. Oh God. Well, I do too. I have it. And well, thanks to you, both of you diagnosed me on the Shadow Dog on our previous episode of the Shadow Dog as having ADHD. And then I was having a chat with Jen Kirkman, who hosts an ADHD podcast. And well, we'll get into it on the Shadow Docket. You got to stand by patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Sign up for $5 a month to get the Shadow Docket. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Got to talk about Lawrence O'Donnell last night and that stupendous A block that he delivered. Amazing. Lawrence O'Donnell is so important in our political discourse. I mean, there are many political commentators who I admire. I mean, Lawrence O'Donnell is so important. The way Lawrence O'Donnell is able to create these salient arguments that cut through the bullshit, that get right to the core of the issue, and then he's backing it up with personal experience and history, and, yes. and it's important for him to sometimes grab the rest of us by the scruff and say, you guys are doing it wrong. I mean, when I was listening to Lawrence O'Donnell's A Block last night, after every sentence, I imagined him ending that sentence with, you fucking idiots. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was, but I'm saying that in the best possible way. Okay, so the point of the A Block last night, for those of you who didn't see it and haven't heard about it, he went after the drop Biden meme, the idea that somehow the Democrats are supposed yeah. to drop Joe Biden as being the incumbent, as being the nominee, and instead replace Joe Biden with someone else on the bench, maybe someone who we don't know who that'll be. And he went through... A magical unicorn candidate. Yeah, he went through all the reasons why um, that is a horrible idea. Does nobody remember 1980? Does nobody remember 1968? Does nobody remember anything? Yeah, 1968 was, I think, the centerpiece of what he was talking about in terms of the convention, the nightmare this yeah. year's convention would end up being if we went down this road, if we stupidly decided to drop Joe Biden, who, by the way shows the best polling numbers against Donald Trump compared to Gavin Newsom or Kamala Harris. You. you know, there's all kinds of things that Lawrence O'Donnell covered in this, including what I just said. Let's hear a little bit of Lawrence O'Donnell talking about the convention aspect of all of this. Now, assuming you still believe in Gavin Newsom, even though he's polling 10 points behind Donald Trump, you must then explain how your choice of nominee gets the nomination. The more thoughtful dump Biden proponents have actually recently tried to work their way through the maze of how someone other than Joe Biden can be nominated for the president in the Democratic Party. They all rely on Joe Biden, first of all, releasing all of his delegates at the convention on Monday, August 19th. And they all assume that the delegates who have showed up for the convention, at least 90% of whom will be Biden delegates. Oh, by the way, I just want to throw in this. Uh, August 19th, we're talking about less than three months from Election Day. That's right. how close that is. If August 19th and what happens at that convention turns out to be a disaster, that gives the Democrats very little time. Not only to raise money, we're going to talk about that separately here in a second, but very little time to do damage control after what would be absolutely a nightmarish convention. Yeah, the drop Biden people would get what they wanted, but Donald Trump would win this goddamn election. Yes, That's exactly how that would happen. How certain they are that like 
their plan is never going to hit any snags. Yeah. You know, and then they're going to have a candidate. And they always seem to conveniently forget, like, the red wave effect or whatever this version is, where it's, like, a generic candidate always fares better than a candidate who is a real person. Yeah. Because the generic candidate doesn't have any flaws, doesn't have any personality ticks. Right. And the thing is, what we don't know is what kind of opposition research the Republicans have on the other candidates. Which, right. if the other candidates are introduced in the context of a primary, then, okay, you can kind of work through some of that stuff and see how it's going to impact the overall campaign, especially in the general election against the Republicans. But three months, less than three months, two and a half months in order to do damage control for that. I mean, the what was it? The 2004 convention with the swift boating of John Kerry. Mm-hmm. I think that also Thank took you. place in August, and it was a goddamn disaster. The Democrats couldn't do damage control quickly enough to fix all of that, to counterpunch that John Kerry Vietnam record uh, nonsense that was being tossed at him. So who let's. Was uh, the, who was the leaders of Democratic messaging at that point? Because I just remember being so frustrated. Yeah, I don't that, know. Like they were getting completely railroaded. The the 2004 like straight marriage is the only marriage in the land agenda yeah. was a completely made up thing that they threw on that ballot to shore up George Bush's votes. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it's just like I just wish the Democrats had just been a little more like you don't understand how bad this is. It's not enough for us just to be right. These people are fucking up your future. They're fucking up the Middle East. Can you imagine if even like those next four years had not happened in Iraq, what Syria, Syria, Syria would be like by now. I just, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump on in there. That's okay. The the Republicans take advantage of the fact that there are a lot of low information voters, voters who are very easily convinced or swayed by, well, the Democrats say this, but then the Republicans also say this. It's like the editorials in The Week magazine. Which is got that so one lady, and I just don't like her, even though she's not related to this policy at all. Yeah, yeah. You know? All right, let's Wait, continue. her emails, but her emails. <laughs> right, let's continue with uh, Lawrence O'Donnell here from last night. Maybe more. We'll then easily agree on Gavin Newsom. You certainly get the feeling that most people who want to dump Joe Biden also want to dump Kamala Harris from the ticket. They don't seem to fear what would happen among a key voting demographic who delivered the presidency to Joe Biden and the vice presidency to Kamala Harris. Black women voters. One thoughtful essay about this process reminded us that this is the way Abraham Lincoln was chosen at the Republican convention in 1860. It took three long ballots to nominate Abraham Lincoln. You can expect the balloting at the Democratic convention in August to take at least three ballots, maybe more. And you can imagine what the press would say about the Democrats struggling to nominate a candidate and how much disarray they would figure into their reporting. You can hope that it's not a rerun of the 1924 Democratic Convention in New York City when it took 103 ballots to nominate John Davis, who went on to lose to Calvin Coolidge. That Democratic convention lasted from June 24th to July 9th. Two weeks to get a nominee. A nominee who would lose. The last time the Democrats nominated a presidential candidate that way, he lost to Republican Richard Nixon. This is what that convention looked like in 1968 in Chicago where there was violence 
in that convention hall and days of violence outside the convention hall, which was later described as a riot by the Chicago police against peaceful protesters by a commission that investigated the riots at the 1968 Democratic Convention, which ended up nominating Vice President Hubert Humphrey, who then went on to lose because that's what happens. Yeah, because the Eugene McCarthy supporters decided to stay home because Eugene McCarthy had run in the primary and had acquired delegates through the primary process. And then Hubert Humphrey comes in at the convention, ends up taking the nomination. So, of course, the Eugene McCarthy people said, oh, we're not voting in November. And here comes Richard Nixon. And so Lawrence continues on about the disaster of the 1968 convention. And subsequent to that, the Democratic Party's efforts to create national conventions, nominating conventions that are as scripted as you can possibly get, where there are no surprises, where there's nothing that happens out of the ordinary that throws the whole thing into chaos, knowing very well. I mean, even the Democrats in disarray meme aside, There's always been this thing. I don't belong to an organized party. I'm a Democrat. That whole idea, the idea of the Democratic Party is like herding cats, that whole thing. What you want to do as best as you can is to avoid reinforcing those memes. And that's why having a contested convention sounds great to people who have no sense of the ramifications of elections and only look at them as entertainment. People who should probably spend more time watching professional wrestling than professional politics. You know what I mean? Well, isn't this why we have super delegates in the Democratic Party? Right, right, was right. Was to stop that? Yes. And 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 I remember with Hillary and Bernie, everybody's oh the super delegates. I'm like, there's never been a convention where the super delegates do not throw their weight yeah. to the person that won the regular delegates. So mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. Right, right. Okay, so here we go. This is the next clip, and this is the thing that made me stand up and cheer last night because I've been writing about this. I've been talking about the Biden is old nonsense and the ridiculous notion of dropping Biden right now, which is just Mm -hmm. fucking insane. And Mm -hmm. I have yet to come up with this actual uh, explanation for why it's such a bad idea. Of course, Lawrence O'Donnell nailed it last night. Let's listen to Lawrence O'Donnell talking about where the hell these other Democrats are going to get the money. I mentioned that Joe Biden's at a fundraiser tonight where he is crushing Donald Trump in the fundraising competition. The latest campaign finance reports show that the Biden-Harris re-election campaign has $56 million on hand at the end of January, while the Trump campaign had only $30 million on hand. President Biden's also raising money with and for the Democratic National Committee, which has $24 million on hand at the end of January. The Republican National Committee has $8 million Hmm. at the end of January. In the month of January alone, the Trump campaign raised $8.8 million and spent $11.4 million. Donald Trump has spent a total of $50 million on lawyers during the campaign and will spend much more. (laughs) Other PACs and fundraising committees supporting the Biden-Harris ticket had a combined $117 million at the beginning of this year. And here's the part right here. Hmm. Here's the part of the story that no one who has said Joe Biden should drop out or has written that Joe Biden should drop out has ever mentioned that every other Democrat whose name shows up in these articles as a substitute for Joe Biden, 
as the Democratic nominee, has raised exactly zero money for a presidential campaign. Yep. No one has told you about the money. That means none of them have thought for a second about the money. Every serious observer of presidential campaigns is supposed to know how important campaign money is, and not one of these people who are telling you it's time to get rid of Joe Biden seem to have given a thought to the money. So here's what they haven't told you or simply do not know. Not one penny Gavin Newsom has in his campaign treasury in California is usable in a presidential campaign. Money raised for statewide elections of governors in California and other states is is raised under different laws than the laws governing federal campaign money. So Gavin Newsom has zero to spend on a presidential campaign as of tonight. And Gavin Newsom knows that. And Gavin Newsom, if he can get the nomination, would then leave the convention with no ability to even fly his way home. So let me say that number again, zero. That's how many dollars Gavin Newsom would have to spend, would, would have to spend on a presidential campaign, campaign, leaving the Democratic Convention. He'd have zero. Yeah. There is one other candidate besides Joe Biden who has raised money for a presidential campaign <laughs> and that only that one candidate who's done that is Kamala Harris. Yep. The money raised mm -hmm. for the Biden-Harris campaign has been raised in the name of both candidates. So mm -hmm. Kamala Harris has a legal claim on all of that money if Joe Biden yep. were to drop yep. out of the race. All the imagined contested Democratic uh, convention candidates there, there would only be one candidate, Kamala Harris, who would actually have real money for a presidential campaign. Right. And so that uh, we'll stop there. That means that if this were to happen, the only other choice would have to be Vice President Kamala Harris. There is no Shouldn't other option. Shouldn't she be the natural choice? Well, Shouldn't she be the natural choice? Well, she's the current VP. I'm just The natural choice is renominating Joe Biden. Uh, well, of course, but I mean if for some strange reason he couldn't run, yeah. she's the next natural choice being the current vice president who's doing a hell of a job and all they ever say about her right. is <gasps> she's black yeah and right, she's right, a chick right so she's got so much shit against her it's just yeah well all things being normal you're exactly right jody but the thing is there are a lot of people out there a lot of democrats who have their own ideas in terms of who should uh, replace joe biden in this ridiculously hypothetical scenario so that's what it is and and the thing is Kamala Harris and Joe Biden couldn't just give all of their money, all the money they've right. raised to another candidate, because that would be a betrayal to all the people who donated money mm -hmm. to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, knowing that or with the hopes that they were going to be the nominee as forecasted exactly. as normal uh, course of events in politics would dictate so that I think that kind of seals up <laughs> any question as to whether or not there should be some sort of dump Joe Biden sort of scenario in all of yeah. this. But in addition to all of that, um, the other members of the Dem bench are polling lower yeah. against Trump than Biden against Trump. Quinnipiac has Biden leading Trump by four points in a poll that just dropped yesterday. But in a hypothetical matchup, Donald Trump leads Kamala Harris 46% to 43%. 
And he leads Gavin Newsom 46% to 36%. Gavin Newsom, polling-wise, against Donald Trump, is doing 10% worse than Donald Trump right now. He also leads uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer 45% to 33%. So Whitmer doesn't do as well as even Gavin Newsom against Donald Trump in these polling scenarios. And, of course, we always got to say— People don't know those politicians. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, ex- People that's, exactly, that's it. exactly it. Yeah, it's a name recognition thing hurting them, and you're not yeah. going to be you're not going to be able to build what four years of name recognition. Lawrence O'Donnell was talking about how a presidential campaign is actually four years long. The press only covers it, it for is. the last two years, but it's a four year process in which name recognition is established, fundraising is activated, mm-hmm. big money donors are mobilized, uh, campaign headquarters around the country in different states, even down to precincts are mobilized. These are all things that need time to happen. And scrambling with someone at the last minute is absolutely a recipe for disaster. And there are so many people who are willing to shit can what we know and what is very likely to succeed, which is renominating Joe Biden and Kamala Harris with some Mm -hmm. sort of phantom fantasy politics scenario. They think it's fantasy football. That's what they think. (laughs) They think that fantasy football has given straight guys the illusion that they can just peel out the actual players they don't like and put in ones they prefer to make it more interesting and make more money. Right, right. So it's not going to work that way. That's not how we're set up. One of the other things that uh, Lawrence mentioned last night was that uh, John Stewart uh, last week had suggested, well, if Joe Biden's doing so well in the White House, if he's making all these decisions and he's fully engaged, why aren't you filming that? And Lawrence, oh my God. Lawrence O'Donnell made it clear that the real presidenting takes place when the cameras cannot and will not be present. He said that the stuff that we end up seeing on camera is stuff that ultimately doesn't make any difference. <laughs> it's just right. throwaway things. And, and while that says something about the transparency of the presidency, and that's a separate conversation, this is just the way it is at this point. It's a smart way to run the White House. What you don't mm-hmm. want is half-formed policy ideas or national security secrets being just dumped into the press without any sort of vetting whatsoever, without any sort of strategy in terms of what gets revealed and what doesn't get revealed. So uh, I thought that was also another excellent point. So I just remember also there was that time that the Trump administration got a, a workable-ish bill out of the House to kill Obamacare, and they were convinced they were done. Like, I don't think Trump, like, somebody had forgotten to tell Trump that morning when they, like, you know, he woke up blank that the Senate was still in the way. Do you remember? And they were having, like, a beer party in the House garden. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly and right. Just, you know, they are like, we, we killed Obamacare. And it's like, uh, guys, did you not? Uh, yeah, they sorry. celebrated just the legislation passing through the House, <laughs> which is just so ridiculous. I remember that, yeah. But uh, here's the thing that I think needs to happen sooner rather than later, and I'm not holding my breath because it involves pollsters. I just Before it gets away, my whole thought on that was that I'm not sure that Trump consistently has a grasp that there are two houses of Congress. Oh, of course not. No, oh, he doesn't know any God. of them. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's very, very clear. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He thinks bicameral is something that someone's going to tell him about an underage sex worker from Eastern Europe. <laughs> or it's two cameras. Yeah, right, right. Bicameral I'm, is two cameras. 
I'm sure he couldn't tell you anything about NATO either, other than what Vladimir Putin is feeding to him. But uh, in terms of the pollsters and asking this question, do you think Joe Biden's too old to serve as president again? A lot of people are saying, well, he's too old to serve as president, at least according to the janky polls. And I underscore the word janky, of course. But the next question after that, is Joe Biden too old to serve as president, should be, but will you vote for Biden anyway? And that question is not being asked. I think it's safe to assume that the answer to that question would be overwhelmingly yes, because of the alternative. And ultimately because, you know what, Joe Biden's got a stellar goddamn record, which Lawrence O'Donnell did detail last night also. But uh, I I wanted to throw this in here, too, um, in terms of just something that's related to all of that. Uh, John Kasich was on, I think, MSNBC, former Ohio Republican governor, John Kasich, former Mm -hmm. Republican candidate, John Kasich. He said, evangelicals are beginning to question their support for Trump. In Michigan, Trump is being hurt and trails Biden because the evangelical community is, is saying enough is enough. Without them, Trump has a real problem. There are so many reasons why Donald Trump will get destroyed in this election. He is, as Lawrence talked about, he's happy. Yeah, he's well, I know. Don't get happy. I'm saying that. But I'm also feeling pretty confident. I got to say, I'm just being don't get happy. Look, I'm just being honest, man. I got to be honest. I'm still pretty confident in this. I think obviously that confidence has a caveat, which is that. We got to do the goddamn hard work. If we do the hard work of reelecting Joe Biden, obviously he's going to win. If we stay home and we sit on our hands and we don't bring the energy, it's not going to happen. So but if we do that and I think we will do that, I think there's a lot of shit that we don't see happening on Twitter or threads or Facebook or wherever that is actually happening on the ground. That is uh, positive in terms of uh, campaign infrastructure. So uh, we should bear that in mind as well. But I mean, there are a lot of things playing against Donald Trump right now, money being the main one. I mean, that's one of the things that I think we fail to recognize as a metric as the poll numbers come down. And of course, I think a lot of the pollsters right now are strictly in business to feed the cable news horse race narrative. I think that is, I mean, they've basically designed their polls to feed that concept. I think that's why we're seeing a lot of really tight polls. And then when an election day comes around, the, (laughs) the actual results far exceed the polling margins. Yeah. I got to say that Steve Kornacki, you know, he is my husband's hall pass. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Oh, no. Oh, he's you adorable. Know, ben does all that kind of math in his head, too. Ben can, like, you know, yeah. drop a box of toothpicks and tell you how many <laughs> hit the floor. You saw Leslie mm-hmm. Jones when she interviewed Steve Kornacki. She was like, I love you. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, my God. It's hilarious. Uh, I yeah. didn't. But, like, I feel traumatized now. I'm no longer comfortable with Steve in our house. I don't like <laughs> being around him. You know, I know that you like him. Ben, but like he's really like I just there's been weird vibes off him and like he had to tell me about the Trump thing and I just I just I, I feel like I just I don't trust him anymore. Yeah, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. And Ben's well, like, I mean he's, he's going friend. with polls. No, but no, I mean Steve Kornacki is going with polling. Yeah, which st- is stupid mm-hmm. because polls have not been good since like 2010. Yeah. Um. So because they're even Nate Silver who used to be good at this. So not good at this anymore mm-hmm. because people lie to pollsters anymore. And it's literally calling people with landlines. I'm an old lady. I have a landline, but I don't answer my phone unless I know who's calling me. Because um, I have cats that I can talk to or Lonnie. 
so I don't need to just pick up the phone and talk to people. Yeah. Um, so they're still doing it super old fashioned or they do it online, which is even dumber because I mean, come on. Yeah. So, I mean, polling in nowadays is the dumbest thing. And Steve Kornacki is a pollster guy, mm-hmm. but he's very good on election night with the khakis and the whole the thing and the everything. He's yeah. awesome. The other thing that he does is he correlates the poll yes. numbers with previous election results. I mean, down right. to those county levels, down to precinct levels. And so it's... Uh, like a cat jumping. Yeah. He's doing yeah. physics in his head. Exactly right. It's not entirely evident, I think, to a lot of people watching... And this isn't necessarily a defense of Steve Kornacki. I'm just yeah. saying this is there's a methodology behind yeah. how they say, well, uh, Joe Biden is underperforming in this precinct right now because of, well, there are the polls and there's how Joe Biden did in the same precinct in 2020. And these are all things that we have to uh, bear in mind. And, and, and my blood pressure is going up because I'm thinking about election night in November and how... <laughs> Don't do that. Insane that's going to be. No, 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 no. I got to say that. I just, you know, he's always been buying the same bit of gas. Wait, David, I was doing my Lamaze breathing. Don't push yet. Don't push. Don't push. Just breathe. Hold, hold. Push him out. Shove him out. Way out. I'm feeling better. Please. Now I've forgotten what I was going to say. I got oh, I'm sorry. Lost in the mirror. We're talking about polls. We're talking about polling. Yeah, and polls. I mean, I don't know how painful those can be. Steve Kornacki. As you were talking yeah. about. Oh, your, his khakis. Your husband's like, he's got these pants. trademark gap khakis, and like you can see the weirdness of the direction the gacky gacky the gap has gone through <laughs> in the last couple of years because the last couple of elections they look all weird on him. They're like hanging to a weird. He looks kind of gaunt. Well, he he overbelts it. He tightens his belt too much. That's what he really did. Like the yeah. Tightens his belt on his gackies. <laughs> he does. His well, gackies have a tight belt. I'm sorry. I don't know why that's making me laugh. It I is actually what we would call him in the store <laughs> when I worked there. Really, gackies was like an industry name. Well, the thing is, um, you know, cocaine is sometimes called gack. Right. Oh, is yeah, it? it is. I didn't know. And that. there was this yeah. one guy who would send his shipments from his store, mm-hmm. and he'd be like, "I got some khakis in there for you," and we'd know to look for the khakis with the. And one of them would have a bag of coke in the pocket as a thank you for doing this so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's actually why we say khakis. <laughs> okay. So uh, what you're saying uh, is I probably I'm going to get like the the fucking Gap assassination squad is coming for me now. Private proprietary information. So what you're saying is Steve Kornacki he has gack in his gackies. He's keeping the gack in the back pocket of his gackies. Mm, more like a yak. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Coming up next on the show, we're going to talk about uh, the how the entire Republican establishment was scammed by Alexander Smirnov. It's a gigantic <laughs> story, and we would have led with this if it wasn't for the fact that Lawrence O'Donnell delivered such a barn burner of an A block last night. But this is a gigantic story that the press is not covering enough. But we're going to get into it here. Uh, the Republicans were absolutely scammed by this guy. Wasn't it? I mean, Joe Scarborough even said this morning that the Republicans are so dumb at this point that the Russians can just give them an IV drip of yes. propaganda and they'll repeat it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If it, I don't think they're dumb. I think they're in on it. Yeah. Well, 
if their goal is to scam their naive followers, uh, mm-hmm. Russia provides all kinds of content mm-hmm. f- for them to use as part of their scam of uh, red state America. Plus, uh, the Christian nationalist plans for the next Trump presidency. This all loops into Project 2025. And this guy from Fox News, uh, Raymond Arroyo, he said, uh, blacks love sneakers. And that's why Donald Trump is going to win the black vote in the election because of his sneakers and uh this clip is loaded with so many tropes in it it is staggering so we'll talk about that and a whole lot more right after these words okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There is exciting news in Stephanie Miller podcast land, isn't there, Chris? We now offer Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour podcast and the Out of the Gate podcast. Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour podcast is once a week. It is the best interviews of the week from the Stephanie Miller Show every Friday. Stephanie Miller Out of the Gate is daily. You will get the first segment of every day's Stephanie Miller Show, plus Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour Extra, which is the best interview of each day. So three different podcasts in one feed. Get it wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Brand new single from TikTok celebrity Freak Bass. Yeah. See, I called it. Did you hear me? Yeah. Like, is this Freak Bass? Yeah. It's always the, just the low end is always so exquisitely. Yeah. It's just yeah. That's the Ohio funk sound, man. This is a uh, track called "Do You Wanna." Got a link in the description to download this. So many Freak Bass fans. Listen to this show, and I'm so gratified to hear that. Uh, you can one of my favorite sounds that bass makes is right there where he's like bending up into the next chord, and he pull, he yeah. like pops like from doom da doom da doom da. It's just yeah, yeah. Your knees <laughs> bend automatically, and your ass just starts to bounce, and yeah, yeah, so good. So uh, let's good. Just, can we just dance for the rest of the show? That's all I really want. Yeah, to do. let's just dance. That's yeah. so effective on an audio only podcast. Just us dancing. Uh, com slash music to submit your work to the show. Also, I got a link in the description under this episode at Bob. 
BobSuska.com to uh, download this new track from Freak Bass, Do You Wanna? Okay, getting back into things here today on the big Thursday show. Uh, the entire Republican establishment was scammed by this guy, Alexander Smirnov. We've talked about this mm-hmm. before. This is the uh, FBI informant who, it turns out, was lying about an alleged $5 million bribe to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden from uh, Ukraine. And Turns out he is a... Russian spy, yeah. It's a red Russian plant yeah. whose last name is... Smirnov. Smirnov. He's Come the vodka guy. He's from the vodka part of Russia. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Didn't somebody have a Yakov Smirnov secret agent character? Was it Robin Williams? Oh, no, no, no. That was a stand-up comedian. No, there was a stand-up comedian no, named Yakov Smirnoff. Smirnoff was yeah. a really guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the what a guy. country guy. He's in the, you know. Right. Yeah. I still like, but it was Robert Williams to be like, please, let me take a couple of quick suppressions for my country. And he'd hold up his buttonhole and go, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Know. Well, this other guy, Alexander Smirnoff, is not nearly as fun as Yakov. Uh, <laughs> he's up to his eyeballs in uh, Russian intelligence officials. Uh, certainly all of them connected to the Russian FSB and, of course, the Kremlin. So basically what's been happening here with this entire Hunter Biden scam is the Kremlin puppeteering the entire Republican Party. I mean, down to, obviously, the House Republicans and the morons on the Rodeo Clown Caucus. All these guys either willingly or unwittingly were scammed by Alexander Smirnov. In other words, I'm not sure which is worse. Either Republicans knew it was disinformation and introduced it as evidence anyway, or they were tricked. Which one of those two things? I think they're equally as bad to say about the Republican I Party. I think it's if they knew it and did it anyway, I think that's worse. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, they're not realizing. I think they're yeah. not committed all the way down in their heads. I think they, it's a, for them, if it ends up being true, they knew it. Yeah. And if it ends up being not true, it sounded, you know, they're just kind of like, do you know what I mean? They haven't committed all the way. Still knew it. Yeah. It meets their agenda. So just put it out there. Well, that could be it. I I think the fact that. Or it uh, could be close to it, you know, like. (laughs) Right. I think it's what Jody said. I I think the worst side of this would be that the Russians or the <laughs> the Republicans. I said the Russians. The uh, Russians. What say. a Freudian slip that was. <laughs> You're Good. not wrong. You're so not wrong. Yeah, the Republicans knew it was disinformation, or they just didn't care whether it was disinformation or not. As long as it was damaging to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, they were going to use it because ultimately. They're trying to do something very specific, and little of that has to do with actually impeaching Joe Biden. This is about damaging Joe Biden and making people think that, well, Trump's corrupt and Joe Biden's corrupt, and if everyone's corrupt, no one's corrupt. That's the mission here. The mission is to scam the rubes and suckers. And I'm not just talking about the ones who own red MAGA hats. I'm talking about maybe even some of the ones who are considered swing voters or undecideds or whoever, the ones who are prone to think, well, you know, Donald Trump's up to his eyeballs in Chinese money, and so is Joe Biden, so I don't know what to do. I'm going to stay home. And the more people stay home, the better off Republicans tend to be in elections. More people vote, Democrats do better. I just feel like Trump, though, has made it, there's no, like, mysteries uh-huh. Him anymore, you know, there's no like sitting home going. Well, I wasn't. I guess I don't need to vote because it won't go too horribly wrong. 
Yeah. You know, if, that incentive, I feel like, has gone away now, or that lack of incentive. Mm-hmm. Because people really do. And, you know, I've read a statistic, 52% of the people in the country don't just have an unfavorable opinion of Donald Trump. Yeah. They hate him on a visceral level. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Well, uh, House Republicans are investigating the Bidens and have claimed that the president engaged in corruption as vice president. They have relied extensively on Smirnov's claims to undergird their case. And CNN says prosecutors also (laughs) said that Smirnov has been, quote, actively peddling new lies that could impact U.S. elections after meeting with Russian spies late last year and that the fallout from his previous false bribery accusations against the Bidens, quote, continues to be felt to this day, unquote. According to the new court filing, Smirnov told investigators he was in contact with, quote, four different Russian officials, unquote, all of whom were, quote, top officials and two of whom, quote, are the heads of the entities they represent, unquote. Prosecutors did not independently verify in the filing whether Smirnov's reported contacts are legitimate, nor whether the Russians provided him with disinformation about the Bidens. The false information that Smirnov reported was not trivial, prosecutors wrote. Of particular note is a story Smirnov allegedly told the FBI in September 2023, alleging that Hunter Biden was recorded making phone calls in a Kiev hotel that is wired under the control of the Russians. Federal agents said they knew Smirnov's story was false because Hunter Biden has never traveled to Ukraine. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, Smirnov told investigators, uh, Russian intelligence officers, would use the hotel to intercept cell phone calls made by prominent U.S. persons, prosecutors said, which the Russian government could use as compromat in the 2024 election, depending on who the candidates will be. Compromat, of course, is a Russian term that refers to compromising information to used for blackmail. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, we all remember. And so that, I thought, jumped off the page for me. The fact that they're obviously gathering information or have been gathering information to use against most likely Joe Biden in the 2024 election. Maybe they've got something on Kamala Harris, too. Maybe they've got something. Gathering uh, information. I, don't know. I think they just like acting like they do. I mean, what do you do about the fact that the House Republicans are being puppeteered by Moscow? I mean, that's essentially what we're talking about here. We just keep telling everybody that. Those are the only two messages we need going into November. Oh, yeah. The Russians are running the Republicans. The Democrats want to help save your freedoms. Well, I'm talking more from, and that's a good point, uh, politically speaking, but I'm talking about from a law enforcement perspective. Because this can't continue on. I mean, obviously, the Republicans will continue to be puppeteered by the Russians. I mean, this is obviously something that is not ending anytime soon, unless they're uh, brought up on some form of charges. And even if that were to happen, which I don't see Merrick Garland doing anything like that. But even if it were, the Republicans would do nothing but crap their cages about how Joe Biden is once again persecuting them. Because yeah, they're don't underestimate their pettiness. Yeah. You know, the Russians will, like, I mean, leave you dead with an arrow in your gut in your fucking sauna house. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. They, yeah, don't underestimate the Russians' pettiness and how much they enjoy humiliating people who were once their useful idiots. I mean, you saw how they went after Tucker mm-hmm. this last week. Yeah. And all but called him a, like, you know, privileged little sweet summer child. Like, I just, 
Yeah. Well, the thing that well, the thing that Tucker oh, is that. That is, he totally is that. But I, I mean, I totally. I mean, just Putin was like the whole thing that Putin was like. They did like thirty minutes trashing the CIA and how rotten and terrible organization it was, and then Putin hit a beat, and then he was like, "They turned you down, didn't they?" When you tried to apply, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's when I was like, "That is that is my that's next level shave right there." That's mm-hmm. petty. yeah, that's yeah. It. He's gone through uh, Tucker's file and been like, "Oh, reject for the CIA." So, uh, man. Well, then the next question I have is, what's next? What pile of disinformation is going to land on our heads based on shit that's already been spread uh, behind closed doors, pumped into the willing gullets of the Republicans on the Hill? I mean, there are all kinds of My old editor said, anything that smells too good to be true for either side, examine it very closely before you print it. Well, and then the other element to all of this is how much is the press going to take it seriously? Because there are quite a few who will just mindlessly report whatever the Republicans are saying without chasing it down for accuracy. And that's the other thing that concerns me. So yeah, keep an eye out. What's the Politico, yeah. mm-hmm. the little dude who, like, Josh something, when, like, Nick, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just going <laughs> blank for names today. The, the <laughs> white supremacist, super crazy Catholic guy, Nick Fuentes, yeah. was having, and, and Kanye West now, you know, exhibitionist anti-Semite were having Thanksgiving dinner at Mar-a-Lago and that little, if you'll forgive me, Jewish guy that worked for Politico was just standing there on TV like he didn't know what to do. Just mm-hmm. like he couldn't stand still. He's like, this is unacceptable. This yeah. is like, you know, a direct, and then like two weeks later, he's right back just doing it again because yeah. it's trans people that they're after now and that's not him. Right, right. So, and I just, I'm like the memory, the media needs to find its memory again yeah it's long-term memory and and not get so caught up in. i can't remember what happened 50 minutes ago like you know bart simpson because it's just like when you get it when you when you're toxically exposed to media and it goes on and on and on and on it completely seems unfixable because they keep you on the air by graying the black and white and inking the waters yeah and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And so there's just a, an extreme lack of prioritization happening in newsrooms right now. And so uh, it's a matter Except of. We've got to fire all the fucking writers. Like, <laughs> <that's> just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Priority one fire the writers because they're clearly the problem. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so meantime, I, I want to get to this before we take a break. Uh, Donald Trump said that there are nuclear weapons so large. That if one of them lands on New York City, it's going to entirely take out South Carolina, too. I heard that. Yeah. uh, This is not a thing. But let's listen to Donald Trump saying this stupid shit that people will end up believing anyway. What's, what's, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, because I know this is a very faith-filled audience here, and I know there are people across the globe pray for you and your safety. They're worried about your safety. Um, No, they are. Do you feel that? Do you feel the power of that? I do, but can I be honest? I worry about their safety, too. These people, everybody in this room is in great danger right now. We have a nuclear weapon that if you hit New York, uh, South Carolina is going to be gone, too. Uh, I worry about their safety. I think it's the reason I'm doing this. You know what? I, I think he knew that he said something stupid. There is no such thing as a nuclear weapon that has a 720 mile blast radius. No. I think he meant to say South Jersey or uh, Long Island or. (laughs) 
I don't think I think he just said South Carolina <laughs> because he's in South Carolina, maybe. Um, that may be an explanation. But let's just do some fact checking here. The largest nuclear weapon ever detonated is called the Tsar Bomba in Russia, and it had a blast radius of 20 miles. That was the largest one ever made, and it was so big that the Soviets were like, oh, fuck, we can't make another one of those. <laughs> we're not going to do that so that's again. That's like Manhattan and Queens. What's that? That's like Manhattan and Queens in most of Brooklyn, probably. Yeah, but it was a massive, massive detonation. It incinerated everything within, you know, the 20-mile radius. So that, that has never been repeated. It's just like, okay, we, even the Soviets were like, oh, this is too much. We've gone too far. Maybe we don't need this much it's firepower. It's heavy, probably, yeah, and cost yeah. effect, not cost-effective. You had to get that much? Because fissile material is fucking heavy. Yeah, it is. Uh, and so, like, dragging it all that distance and then having it, it's like, ah, man, let's never do that again. Woo! Like, you prove you can do it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, Donald Trump in the same sit-down with Laura Ingram also said that there's going to be tremendous crime in Washington, D.C. after Donald Trump federalizes Washington, D.C. Let's play this clip here. Uh, no, we're going to take over Washington, D.C. We're going to federalize. We're going to have very powerful crime. And you're going to be proud of it again. We're going to take... We're going to have very powerful crime in Washington, D.C. Yeah, there are a lot of power. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I do know that Washington, D.C. is already federalized. It's, yes. al it's already a federal city. That's <clears throat> why it was established so that the federal government did, was not beholden to state governments. And he's talking about federalizing Washington, D.C. His stupid fucking <clears throat> supporters just, they just don't know, do they? They just don't understand things. And did he's. Did you guys read yeah. um, It Can Happen Here? He nailed. Trump's speech. I wish I had the description in front of me. Yeah. Because part of it is the repetition, part of it is the pure banality, and part of it is the ability to contradict itself, to mold itself to anything that the person in the audience is thinking as long as the resentment points the right way. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he described it exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are many, many telltale signs of what Donald Trump intends to do. And we're going to talk about uh, one of the other things on the list uh, under the heading of Project 2025 here in a second. We're talking about a Christian nationalist takeover of the United States federal government if Donald Trump becomes president again. This is serious shit. Every day there's more serious shit going, you know what, and all, all together... You put all this stuff together, where it's Donald Trump saying he supports a Russian invasion of Europe, or the fact that Donald Trump is leveraged up to his eyeballs in debt and penalties and legal fees and interest. You know, it's all these things. Every day there's something new. And what it does is it grabs us by the lapels and says, get serious, Democrats. Stop playing grab ass about Joe Biden being 81 years old. Own the fact that he's old and therefore has wisdom and experience. Own that. Thank you. Instead of just saying, oh, my God, I'm terrified. <laughs> Let's drop him and go with someone completely unknown who's falling behind in the polls. We're getting all kinds of examples of why we should continue to push forward with the president we have, who, as far as I'm concerned, is poised to win re-election. Okay, so meantime, like I was just saying, the uh, Christian nationalists are uh, intending to uh, 
create all kinds of awful things for many, many Americans, in addition to the fact that uh, Donald Trump is going to completely change the nature of how the federal government operates uh, from a law enforcement perspective, from a bureaucracy perspective. It's a disaster in the waiting. So we'll talk about that here in a second. Plus, uh, let's see what else. Oh, Letitia James is prepared to seize Donald Trump's properties. <laughs> we'll touch Yay. on that a little bit. And maybe something from this guy, Raymond Arroyo from Fox News, uh, just stepping onto every single racist trope landmine there is. So all that and more coming up on today's show back after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, it's Randy Rhodes, and here's what you missed. This guy who doesn't get it, he doesn't get the sacrifice, he doesn't get why soldiers do it, he thinks they're losers, he thinks they're suckers. I mean, how is he comparing himself to Navalny? Navalny was so courageous that he went back to Russia, didn't have to go back to Russia, he was in Germany recovering from poisoning by his own freaking government for calling out their corruption. He went back to Russia to show people you don't have to be afraid. The only thing they can do is kill you, okay? But they can't take away the truth of it. They can't take away that they're stealing from you because they are. And no matter how much they threaten you, and no matter, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do a little. You know, Navalny used to tell people in Russia all the time, to do a little is okay. To do a little bit is okay. To do nothing is not. Don't have time to listen to a live show? Want to hear more on your schedule? Go to randyroads.com and buy a stinking podcast. I was uh, captivated by this. I was like, oh yeah, we're doing a show. I gotta mm. I gotta start talking again. This is uh, our new autumn. <laughs> it's a brand new song from them. Uh, it's called Anything. I love this track. 
Yeah, uh, it, uh, I think, drops in March. I'm pretty sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit, I should know more. I should know more about that. They just, they emailed me. You know what? I'm going to confirm this now. I feel bad. Uh, by the way, uh, you can go to bobseska.com, find this episode dated two twenty two twenty four. Click that link, scroll down, and you'll find the links to support all the independent bands here on the show. It says here, it will uh, release officially on all major music platforms on March 18th. So, <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Perfect introduction for this song. <laughs> I nailed it. Okay. Uh, getting back into things here. Yeah, here's this guy, Raymond Arroyo, who looks like he's made of AI. He looks like an AI man. He doesn't look like a, <laughs> he does. a real human being. <laughs> Talking about how Donald Trump's sneakers are going to win him the black vote. But you know why? Because blacks love sneakers. Oh, God, why didn't he just say, like, you know, throw in, like, watermelon and, and yeah, fried chicken as well? Because we just... I oh, mean, oh, he wants to. God. He wanted to. I'm sure that was on the tip of his artificial tongue, his AI Who the tongue. hell told him that SneakerCon, which is completely, mostly, largely apolitical, it's more like Reddit, yeah, you yeah. know, than it is anything else. Right. SneakerCon, it's, the name of the convention, and also describes what Donald Trump did at the convention. The sneaker right. <laughs> Okay, here's uh, Raymond Arroyo. Even the sneaker thing. I was on social media last night. Very interesting. As you see, black support eroding from Joe Biden. No. This is connecting with black America. No. Because they love sneakers. They're into sneakers. They love the, you know, th this is a big deal, certainly in, in the mm. inner city. Oh, yeah, it's a big deal in the inner city. <laughs> All those inner yeah, cities wave something shiny oh and those like it's just so insulting and so racist. And we need to be calling it out as such. Yes. And not just, you know. Right. But I, I've heard some of the sneaker names actually. Yeah, like what? There's the there the well, there's the Timberland knockoff, it's a trader land. <laughs> um there's the Nike Psyche. There <laughs> is the uh Air Force Diabetes One. There is the Air Force Dumb. <laughs> there is the Air Con Man. Uh, it's just a few more that I haven't actually had a chance. Air Force Dumb is my favorite of the list, by the way, just so you know. Uh, okay, let's That's get, a good one. Let's get back to uh, AI man uh, Raymond Arroyo. So when you have Trump roll out his sneaker line, they're like, wait a minute, this is cool. He's reaching them on a level that defies and is above politics. The culture always trumps politics. And Trump understands culture like no politician I've ever seen. Question for you on that point, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, now here comes Tommy Laren. To Tommy? Okay, Tommy wait, Laren? Wait, Tommy Trump Laren? understands culture. I mean, Tammy! I, just, I, yeah. I can't let it go that he just said that Trump understands culture in a way that, like, the man who's never read a book mm -hmm. gets culture in a way that mm -hmm. Barack Obama never did. Well, it's remarkably insulting mm -hmm. to black Americans to say that, well, because of sneakers, we just don't care about values or racism or oppression or voting rights or civil rights, anything like that. Because, you know, the sneakers. <laughs> He's taking black people as being immensely shallow. Is, that's why that is racist. Mm -hmm. They can, oh, these blacks, you know, this is in his terminology. Oh, those blacks, they can so totally be manipulated by a fancy pair of sneakers. Selling out their own values for a yeah, Paris no. Free Obama phone. Yeah. It's ridiculous. God damn it. Will the people that are excited about the sneakers and excited about Donald Trump, will that translate into them going out and voting for Donald Trump? Well, anybody no. willing to put 400 bucks down for a pair of sneakers? Yeah, I think that's commitment and love. I it's hope something. You're right. It's something. It's affection. Even the sneakers. Yeah, that's, that's commitment and love. 
He's like, he's like talking like Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it sounds like they did that thing that they tell you not to. Please do not put pumps in mouths or rectums. And he just overdid it a little bit, and it's kind of ha, ha, popping out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, the signs. Please do not insert air pump in mouth or rectum. They don't do that in the north. Yeah. This is like something that's on every single compressed air machine in Georgia. It sounds <laughs> like he's had one inside him. <laughs> uh, meantime, Letitia James is prepared to seize Donald Trump's properties. If he does not have funds to pay off the judgment, Letitia James said, then we will seek judgment enforcement mechanisms in court and we will ask the judge to seize his assets. Yes. Um, this will be interesting. I, I'd love to see Trump Tower get seized because what I want to see happen at Trump Tower, there are many suggestions for what should happen to Trump Tower. I think the best one is you turn that into uh, a place to live for unhoused people. It's I think perfect. That, that's a possibility. I think uh, the other suggestion, uh, one that I've floated uh, at one time or another, is to level Trump Tower and in its place put a memorial for all the people who died of COVID during Trump's final year in office, due specifically to his inaction and incompetence in uh, reacting to the pandemic. I think that would be an interesting use of that property, certainly much better than that piece of shit nouveau riche pile of garbage that he claims has more floors than it actually does and is worth more than it actually is. Yeah, fuck that place. Also, Donald Trump has been playing around, speaking of the uh, excessive fines in the Judge Angoron ruling the other day, uh, Trump has been talking about how this violates his Eighth Amendment rights against excessive fines. What fines does he pay? They can't be excessive until you start paying them. Well, can it can't they? be excessive if what he claims is true, that he's <laughs> worth $9 billion. Right. I mean, Donald Trump says that his right. total, his total, no, it's obviously he's lying, but he says that his net worth is $9 billion. So let's do the math. If he were to pay off all the fines he owes to New York State right now, which is about half a million dollars. I mean, sorry, half a billion, a billion. dollars. Half a billion. Yeah, he would still have $8.5 billion in his if, net worth, right? If and, he's accurate. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and then he could pay guys like Jonathan Turley a billion dollars <clears throat> to peddle Donald Trump's bullshit about the Eighth Amendment. He could pay him a billion dollars to do that. And Donald Trump would still have $7.5 billion in assets. So I don't want to hear about all this crying about how <laughs> half a billion dollars is an excessive fine in violation of Donald Trump's constitutional rights. I assure you, he didn't even know there was an Eighth Amendment until like five minutes ago. Right. I mean, as far as he's concerned, there's no other amendments past the second one. But uh, this is his latest whiny lament. Uh, oh, yes. Christian nationalism and plans for the next Trump presidency. This is all rolled into Project 2025. There's a piece in Politico that uh, calls attention to all of this. Russell Voigt, Vaught, who is frequently cited as a potential chief of staff in a second Trump White House, basically the co-president, is right now the president of the Center for Renewing America. CRA for short. It's a think tank. It's a leading group in a conservative consortium preparing for a second Trump term. And by the way, uh, Russell Vaught or Voigt, I don't care how his name is pronounced. How do you spell it? V-O-U-G-H-T. I would go with Voigt. Okay, Voigt. Voigt is... It does sound kind of like a vomiting sound. Though. I don't know. You, you could be like... Because I think Voigt would have an A in it, so the O I is a Voigt. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't Voigt. respect him enough to get his name right, so whatever. 
<laughs> We've spelled it. People can look it up. Uh, Vought is also an advisor to Project 2025, by the way. That's the Heritage Foundation that's putting together this plan for the second Trump term that involves putting the DOJ under the direct control of the White House and stacking the federal bureaucracy with 500 or I'm sorry, 50,000 loyalists. Uh, I mean, this is just a bunch of I mean, I understand like this is scary if Trump gets back in charge. But really, all it is is a bunch of like Josh um, Duggar types, right? Like using up piles and piles of office paper to spend money that has been donated to the Heritage Foundation by hysterical bigots. Yeah. And like they're putting together this plan with like just like and it's like Willy Wonka. It's like whatever we want, we're going to put into this plan folio yeah. just because there's no breaks and we're idiots. Right. Well, and, I think it's it's a serious plan, though. If Donald Trump becomes yeah, president, no, the danger is that if he does get into office, someone's going to use that. I, would, I think a much greater danger there was aliens finding it thousands of years from now and thinking we took it seriously. <laughs> um, That's right. I, I would love to see that. God damn it. Why can't I live forever so I can see that happen? So uh, one document drafted by the CRA staff and its fellows includes a list of top priorities for CRA in a second Trump term. Christian nationalism is one of the bullet points. Others include invoking the Insurrection Act on day one to quash protests and refusing to spend authorized congressional funds on unwanted projects, a practice banned by lawmakers in the Nixon era. CRA wants to end surrogacy. They Mm -hmm. want to end no-fault divorce. Mm -hmm. They want to end sex... Surrogacy. Yes. They they, they do not want you to be able to... Surrogate parenthood is what oh they're talking God. about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they want to end sex education in schools. We kind of knew that. They want to stop policies that, quote, subsidize single motherhood. Uh, yeah. So already in Alabama, they have uh, the Supreme Court there has ruled that IVF is uh, murdering children. Like the embryos are yeah. children and therefore those um, embryos can't be destroyed or IVF clinics have to be shut down. I'm not sure what the full ramifications are. That's what they're going for. Yeah. And the next step is going to be either no-fault divorce or contraception. Maybe simultaneous. Oh, contraception is next. Okay. Well, I didn't think IVF was going to be number two on the list to go after abortion. Why? Why didn't you think that? Oh, I I mean, I I, I assumed after Dobbs that it would be one of the things that would be next, but I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be the very next thing. I didn't think it was going to be second. I thought it might be. Come on, Bob. They want to have personhood with you know. Once you fertilize that egg. Well, no, I mean the common. It's a person. Oh yeah, of course, but I mean the common wisdom after Dobbs was decided was that uh, contraception would be next. And I said, well, IVF it's is also going to be on the chopping block, but I didn't think that IVF would be right on the heels of banning abortion. I think it's. Uh, I think they're two A and two B. Yeah. Um, because they're basically because they're saying that certain forms of contraception are abortifacients, which they are not. Mm-hmm. Plan B being one of them. Yeah. Um, and birth con- hormonal birth control, mm-hmm. which I was on for years. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you, birth control pills. You <laughs> saved my life for so many years. Uh, yeah, I, just, yeah. I, get, I get confused in here. I mean, I know hypocrisy, whatever, but like so many of the women I know who are like super hardcore about this stuff and they're like tracking every hormone and every plastic that goes into their body are getting like tattooed eyeliner and lipstick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, 
don't oh, know. they don't vaccinate. I mean, it's like seriously. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I wanted to mention here too the the fact that this non-binary person was uh, yeah next uh, murdered. That's their name. Mm. Yeah. They yeah. Were, what's their name they again? Were murdered by next. next. Okay. And um, they were murdered by people that they went to school with. Jesus Christ. Next Benedict. Yeah. A really, apparently. That was their name, yeah. Kid. I did a thing at the Patreon for Astral Summer. I just wrote, it's kind of a poem. It's just also kind of an indictment mm-hmm. of like, you know, I got beat up in school in the bathroom yeah. 50 fucking years yeah, ago. So why, is, why are we still so shitty at this? Yeah, I know. What did I do wrong? Yeah. That we didn't fix it by now. I don't know. I feel like it's something good to read, but it's also good to donate to that family's GoFundMe. That poor kid yes. was on a reservation. Absolutely. Um, oh, and, and and the reservation is really pissed off because um, Native Americans uh, understand there's not just binary choices. Yeah. With with humans, of course not. And so uh, they've gotten it for centuries. We still have to get up to speed. But the the person at the um, uh, reservation where they were from is really, really, really understandably pissed the fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understandable. Uh, absolutely. The people that we can thank for this are the so-called Bombs for Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the... Matt, don't um, forget Matt Walsh and uh, Michael Knowles. The libs of TikTok. Who? The libs of TikTok. The libs oh, the libs of, of TikTok. Cock. Yeah, that's uh, right. You know, uh, I hate that woman. And if I think about her too hard... Like, before I can sleep tonight, I'm going to have to go and break bottles in the street or something. <laughs> like, it just didn't let out. I throw rocks at trees because I just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. The person... I'm like, what the hell is your problem? What gives you the right to terrorize children? If I ever find out where that person lives, mm-hmm. I will be perfectly polite and appropriate. Uh, don't, don't say it, David. I know, what you're, I know where you're going, but don't. <laughs> I don't, say don't, I don't, 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 don't. I'm going to turn off your microphone, David. Seriously, don't threaten people. <laughs> Please. All I said, did I just said, you're just, you think the worst of me. <laughs> oh, that's never happened before. It's not. No. I'm completely out of line. I'm a pussycat. <laughs> oh, we know you, David. We know David. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't want to get sued. That's all. Um, anyway. <laughs> That is it. Okay, we're g- we're gonna do the shadow docket next. We okay? We okay, David? We good? Yeah, of course. Okay, all right. Yeah, and you you were just gonna say something hypothetical, right? That's what you're gonna do. No, I actually launched that sentence with the full intent of landing it on like scratch her bunny's chin or give her flowers or something totally innocuous because I knew the lead up was gonna sound so bad and you guys were hanging on this. That's why I said and do something really appropriate. <laughs> Oh, so you're going to do something nice and sweet in an that ironic way. That was the gag, way. yeah. Okay, I gotcha. All right, well, that makes sense. Good. Good for you. Uh, I'm proud of you, dude. That's that's perfect. Gross. Yeah. But sometimes that actually is more effective. I can grow more than new toes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, uh, coming up next on the Shadow Docket on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit, of, a little bit about ADHD. Uh, because this has come up before on the show. And we forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> we oh, got yeah, distracted we... and forgot to mention it again. I know. I got to stay focused. Uh, 
We're also going to talk about a, an interesting usage of AI. I know we, uh, we're we not big fans of AI here on the show, but this is interesting. This might actually be a thing, what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Meantime, uh, Karma's a Bitch. We're going to do the Kid Rock edition of Karma's a Bitch. Mm-hmm. Coming up on the Shadow Docket on the big Patreon page. Go there now. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. We will see you there. Otherwise, uh, see you on the after party. And if not, have a great weekend. Bye-bye.